Uh, the first thing I'll throw at you is I think in general, mar- we dealers are spending too much on marketing, period. What I want mean by that is they're not spending it in the right areas and they could probably reduce the amount of marketing they're spending if they prioritize the right areas and still get the same results or better results. But the second thing, and I probably should have led with this that I would throw at you is I really believe in today's world, at least through digital marketing, um, that the businesses, and in this case, the dealerships, that r- realize marketing is a profit center, not a cost center, mm. will start to really get better at understanding, you know, what it, it what it, it, the appropriate amount to spend is. And so to get to your rural versus urban area is one spending more or less. Um, yes, we see, we see urban settings that are spending way too much or not enough. We see rural settings that are spending way too much or not enough. But I think the conversation we start to have with uh, any dealership we have the pleasure of speaking to is, what is your view of marketing and what, what is your goal today? And, um, you know, I, I really like to, um, you know, giving away too much of my hand, I guess, but I really enjoy the conversations where the person I'm talking to sees the potential of what marketing could bring to their business. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, budget doesn't matter because if you know for every dollar you put in, you're going to get $5 back from this effort. Do you really care how many dollars you put into it? Um, you know, obviously there's a cap and we can talk about, you know, at what point you you get, uh, diminishing returns, of course, but I think a future of advertising is going to be a world of, of your budget is endless as long as we're producing these actions at this return and therefore budgets from a rural area to an urban area, um, will, will not necessarily be a set budget, um, that someone puts into a system as they do today, but rather, you know, negotiable based on performance. I love that because, you know, often what, what I've observed is, you know, you have your marketing director. Sure. Yeah. And like with love, I say this, if your receptionist <laughs> is good at Facebook posting, that may not qualify him or her to be your marketing director. So please stop pawning this off on them and putting that pressure on them for something that they may not have a passion for. That's the first thing. The second thing that I encourage is to your point, which I hopefully, you know, makes the the conversation about marketing being a profit center a little easier to swallow is you need to stop siloing Mm -hmm. marketing and sales what we do in my organization what we encourage our clients to do is create a revenue department right like we're a revenue team and the revenue team consists of people who speak to customers about sales it might you know consist of your business development center people that are setting appointments, but it also consists of people who are operating the marketing, who are running ads, who are, you know, responsible for lead gen, who are responsible for social media and community outreach and, and whatever other position might fit under that, that, um, pillar, but marketing, the the first thing that I could say to any dealership is you need to make marketing a part of your revenue team. They are responsible for helping generate revenue. So they should not be looked at to your point as a cost center. I think that's brilliant advice. 
Yeah, and I, I like your model too. And your point about you know marketing managers, uh, we've been very fortunate over our years to you know speak with several different dealerships and work with auto groups of varying sizes. And right. you know, I appreciate that at least more today than you know when I started in 2011, and certainly since even 2015 or 16, I'm starting to see you know the the niece or nephew who happens to you know be on Facebook uh, and so therefore is the marketing manager. I'm I'm seeing a lot of dealerships move away from that, but That's great. I still think would we overload or under um you know understaff the marketing departments from some of these dealerships today. And you know I speak to several marketing managers of a dealership or you know, a collection of stores who are in charge of everything from, you know, the websites to, you know, tracking down every provider who contributes to digital retailing to the, the you know, the advertising sources of information. And, you know, that's really challenging. I mean, the, these these people, you know, uh, though qualified in many instances are, are, you know, good marketers are just tasked with every component um, with, with very little resources around them, meaning, a small team at best and maybe not even anyone else. And I think, um, you know, as a dealership today, that's, that's an area to invest in uh, more readily. And how, how do you get resources there that can help you mine the data, help you understand it and help you activate against it better um, so that, you know, they're not spread too thin and, and can really do a thorough job in your best interest versus, you know, doing the best they can to hang on to, you know, multiple components of what is deemed as, you know, marketing or, or the digital team. Yeah. I love that too. Like if you think about the, um, the hands-on dealer who really wants to understand this is valuable information you're sharing about how to even vet, uh, um, an agency like, yeah. Hey, maybe you don't know what it's going to really take to create your own marketing department, but maybe you do have a very capable, uh, individual serving as your marketing director, but you know that there's just so much, all of those points you just brought up tracking down vendors alone is a full-time job. Yeah. Having meetings with them, having consulting calls, tracking down your data, making sure you own it. Like it's, it's a never ending sea of things. It, often what happens is that marketing, that poor individual get, get all of those things and then they forgot to update the slider on the homepage with the latest exactly. OEM incentive and, exactly. and fire and brimstone rains down from, from upstairs. Um, but this is valuable information because the hands-on dealer might say, hey, well, I don't really know if we're in a position where we want to hire all of these individuals to be a part of this marketing team. But now you at least have some context of maybe some of the questions you should ask a, a, a vendor or a, a marketing agency like, hey, who works inside of your business? What are their skill sets? What do they do? Or do I just get kind of a, a hands-off? You know, you gave me my website and you sold me a website promising that it would lasso the sun, the moon and the stars for me. Right. Yeah. You even mentioned this earlier, like uh, off camera, you know, it's it's not about the tool. It's about what you do with the tool. And I often talk about that. I often relate websites being like a hammer. Yeah. You know, it's like I went to Home Depot and bought the most expensive hammer they sold and the flipping thing won't hang pictures on the wall for me. <laughs> Like I still have you to do the work. House, you know, I'm not very handy. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's so true. And, you know, I'm, I'm tempering myself because I want to go into like five directions right now with, with conversation in general, but I do think it's important to, you know, really assess what you're asking of your marketing team. If you have one today and how many, how many components fall under a plate and how many people 
are are in that department to handle each uh, e- each avenue from websites to digital retailing tools to you know holding partners or vendors whatever you want to call them accountable. I think it's really important. Um, you know, our time at Google, uh, we we saw the consumer uh, you know point of view, and this is this rocks a lot of people still to this day because from a consumer standpoint, we need to change the traditional mantra dealerships have. And that traditional mantra was do whatever it takes to get the customer to the dealership. Right. Um, but that's actually not what the customer wants. Uh, they, you know, the, the, the new mantra should do whatever it takes should be to do whatever it takes to bring the dealership to the customer. And I think we could solve a lot of these problems through technology, through automation. Dealerships could probably leverage employees differently to say, well, how can we do a better job leveraging our digital footprint to bring the dealership to the customer? And what does that mean for the roles within the dealership? If we do that really well and we interact with the customer the way they want to want and give them as much information as possible, could that save us in the long run from all of the process follow-up that we might not do as well as we should? Um, Does that mean we need as many salespeople on the floor versus um, you know, people behind the scenes who are helping to mine data or who are better at a different skill set. And I really think it can open the door for opportunity to do things better and do things in a way that um, automates processes that candidly machines are better at than we as humans are. Mm-hmm. Um, to be clear, I don't think that's like the scary world of, okay, well, that means no jobs. That's not what I'm saying. But uh, I think where can we leverage, you know, tools and automation and 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 computers to um, perhaps do tasks that people can then take, you know, okay, this is what it says. I'm not spending my time analyzing it. The machine did that. This right. is what we have to do about it. And it's a different skill set now we're introducing. Here, here's a brilliant example of, I think, what you're just saying. So we, we purchased our vehicle from a local dealership. Mm-hmm. Um, we just brought it in for a service what should have been an easy check-in came with zero information when we booked. We still had to call them, you know, standing in being the only person in the service bay for 10 minutes without being acknowledged, waiting for three hours to get the vehicle back, not being directed to a waiting room, not like all of those things I thought about. I, as I was enraged, Peter, (laughs) I thought about all of the things you just said. I still needed somebody at the dealership to greet me, to do a lot of different things, make me feel comfortable, iterate their processes and how it was going to work. Check me in smoothly. But, you know, it could have been automated. That still wouldn't have infringed on their their job. The staff um, automated booking with follow up email explaining what would like with a video attached, like when you arrive, pull your car in here, let me show you where the waiting room is. And like, just have this quick, like that's all that could all be automated. Yeah. And if that were automated to your point, what could those uh, service uh, representatives do with their time now? Cause they weren't having to do those things. Maybe they could have picked up the phone call as it was ringing and they couldn't answer because, you know, they're already face to face with the customer explaining something that could have already been done or explained before. Um, you know, it, that's exactly it. And, you know, I, I'm sorry to be a, a, a beat a dead horse, but another thing we always talk about is time. Time is our new currency. Right. Um, people say, no, people care about price or people care. Yeah, they do. You're right. But what research showed you from Google and what we learned, you know, through multiple different reports is 
those things do matter, but more than anything, are we value our time. And you look right. around us and you hear everybody talk about, you know, autos competing with every industry and I can order something from Amazon and depending on where I live, it might be on my doorstep in an hour. At worst, it's on my doorstep tomorrow. You know, we're used to this instant gratification here and now piece. And I think more than anything, people get frustrated with tasks they feel could be accomplished online uh, or before, or allow me to dictate when I do it. You know, to your your point about your service center, I recently purchased a new car and I said to the salesperson, look, I don't mean to be rude, but anything I can do in advance, I'd appreciate. I'd rather do it on my time and then just come in and have everything ready for you than sit for an hour and and whatever. And unfortunately that this person uh, wasn't able to execute on those standards. And I sat there and, and and filled out all the paperwork in person and wished I could have just done that sitting on the couch the night before, um, but yeah. it wasn't possible. And the salesperson had to sit with me as customers were right in the, the showroom floor and the ups were on the lot and they couldn't go out to them because they were tied up with me at the moment. And I just I just look at the the missed opportunity for both sides. It's a bad consumer experience and it's bad for the salesperson and the dealership. Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. If you're ready to make big changes in your life and career and want to connect with positive, nurturing automotive professionals, join my exclusive DPB Pro community on Facebook. That's where we share information, ideas, and content that isn't shared anywhere else. I can't wait to meet you there. Thanks for listening.